It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Good song. We're presented by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Brian says, Oilers going nowhere with Nugent Bowman, worst contract boat anchor of Holland. He meant Nugent Hopkins. Well, to be fair to him, he said Nugent Bowman Hopkins. So I don't know what he was trying to insinuate, but, you know, he got well, Hopkins I mean, in there. I mean, Daniel Nugent Bowman, I mean, whatever he's making, he, he, he he's worth more. I would agree. I, would I agree. think Nugent Hopkins, people still don't know what he made because he signed a different contract, but that's okay. Yell at him some more. Maybe throw Sean Horkoff under the bus again because that sure happened a hell of a lot 15 years ago. Uh, all right. Right now, the only man who remembers that and that Alan Mackey piece that I wrote in my blog today. You would remember that from, from 1997. I don't know if you'd remember that specific article, but I'm sure that the, you got a little riled up reading about all the, the things the Flames were doing to the Oilers, and then the Oilers ended up winning the Stanley that year. Yeah, yeah. First of all, I always just assumed that uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Daniel Nugent Bowman were twin sons of different mothers. <laughs> You know that old album yeah. by Dan Fogelberg and, Twin, and Tim Weisberg? I do. I do. Uh-huh, I bet you do. You'd be mm. the one who would. <laughs> I do indeed, sir. And, uh, yes, I got re-riled up reading that again. and thinking, oh, they stopped those guys. Take them out of the playoffs. And they did all of those things. So it was, uh, it was satisfying on a number of levels. So... I asked this question in Nugent Bowman yesterday, and it's a good question, so I'm going to ask you to start this whirlwind of discussion. What the hell happened this year? I don't know, Alan. I think things are going pretty well. You know, they had a tough road trip. They've already forged five leads on this road trip, and they've only <laughs> fallen behind twice. How's that for putting lipstick on a pig? <laughs> oh, McCurdy, you kill me. Um I just like I I understand that stuff happens, and I you know I I, I keep bringing back the 1970 Montreal Canadiens. They win the Stanley Cup in '68, '69, and '71, and they miss the playoffs in '70. And so stuff does happen, and I get it, and I understand it, and I've witnessed it. It's not like I haven't seen all of this, but I, I, I see people online today. They're talking about you know McDavid. They're talking about Ryan McLeod. They're talking about Matthias Ekholm. And all of those guys were hurt, and I don't even know that any of them are back to 100% yet. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to tell. You see, you know, you see plays and you think, well, that looks pretty normal. And then all of a sudden the guy does something, and you think, well, that doesn't look normal at all. And, and uh, we're kind of talking about pretty key players here, I think, you know, the, in some ways the cornerstone of your defensive unit. Uh, certainly the guy who, who solidified things last year. Uh, McDavid say no more, and he's you know he's languishing at uh, uh, one point per game, and you know clearly something's amiss. I mean his passing game, his puck handling game, uh, is often whether it's something with his hands or you know something connected to his hand. Who knows? But I mean we haven't seen him fumble and bumble away the puck uh, so often in the past as what we've been seeing this year. And then uh, Ryan McLeod, I mean, stole a training camp, and he's come back, you know, and his 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 fancies are fine, but uh, he's uh, uh, um, he's not playing very much on the inside of opponents. And whether that's uh, uh, related to any sort of injury, that's just the way he still is. After uh, you know having that knock on him in the scouting reports, red line report way back when said that. Yeah. 
but you know, there's a, sort of the to me the the core piece of your bottom six is your three C, and that's him. And then then we have the goaltending. And overall, I mean, every time you look at it, you say, well, you know, they're getting the shots. They're not giving up that many. They're having the advantages and the expected goals and so on. And then you look at the percentages and all stuck. And they're just way behind. And their shooting percentage is like 26th in the league, something to say percentage is 32nd. And, they're, you know, they're getting crushed on both special teams in that department. And it's just... Uh, a shocking state of affairs, frankly, as to as to how how the you know the expectations versus the reality is two entirely different universes. So, you looked at the lineup today. Fogel's up on the McDavid line. Uh, Cece is on the third pair, protecting Broberg and Kulak's on the top pair. And my my spidey senses are tingling, and I feel like it's going to be Mickey Redmond and Guy Chiron for Frank Mahovlich or Phil Roberto for Jimmy Roberts. This is a Pollock thing where you showcase and then send somebody out, but maybe not. What's your take on the, this? These three really interesting uh, spots for these players. Yeah, well, you know what Pollock would do? He'd send Chicago to the other division like he did in 1970. <laughs> See, you, you're you feeding my Pollock rage, and I thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, those 70 halves weren't so bad as you suppose. There was five great teams in the league, and they were all in the East, and there was no wild card. And it was a crazy state of affairs that we should talk about some day when we have an entire segment yes uh anyways uh it uh uh showcasing the Oilers have a very weak hand i mean if they're showcasing brett kulak i got news for you the other team's gm is going to look at the stats and he's going to say well here's a guy that's playing a third pairing uh minutes uh he's got one goal and one assist in 17 games, so he's not there for his scoring, and he's got four PIM in 17 games, so he's not really there for his physicality. And he's plus six minus 13 in goals through 17. Oh, yeah, he's at 2.75 million, and he's got two more years at that rate. Maybe we should give up a fistful of talent for that guy. It's just not going to happen. I just, I just don't see the value that will be perceived in him. I mean, you and I see a pretty good player that's, you know, as with much of the team, playing in in, uh, in poor luck right now. But there's, in theory, he's a 4-5, or five, and I guess tonight he's a 1-5 or 2-5 or whatever. They're, they're doling it out. They're, they're trying him back in the top four, and maybe it's not a bad idea. But I just don't see that, you know, especially with term, it's so tough to move out term. And it's uh, uh, sure he might help another team, but I just don't see that the Oilers would be reaping a great return, other than maybe clearing the cap space, That's but then right. having a then having a hole in a four or five spot on the back end, and so it's uh, they're they're kind of in a tough space. They got lots of no moves. They got uh, you know a couple of untradeables, and then they've got uh, uh, lower players, some of them with significant term. And uh, the guys that they can trade are, are you know, some of the sort of few value contracts, but they're one year at a million bucks, and you're going to have to replace that guy when you let him go. So there's there's not much cap savings to be had and by the trade route without eating it in a big way on, you know, draft picks and, 
and prospects, of both of which the Oilers are shy on already, uh, to move out a, a, say, a Jack Campbell contract. So they're in a tough spot. So you're saying it's Fogel? Well, he's about the most likely. You know, what's he got? Five points and he's minus nine. And he's got 2.75 for the rest of the year. And if you watch him play, you think, fine, splendid player. And then you look at the stats and you go, what's going on here? What are we going to give up to get that guy? And probably be a, a contract coming back. Maybe a better fit. You know, you got you got to explore the market, certainly. I just, I, I'm not seeing sort of blue chip trade trading chips. Yeah, they, the, the, the thing that I think they're, they probably... One hopes they've realized is that if you're trading Jack Campbell uh, in a deal, you're you're trading so much more of your future that you really can't afford to, because uh, you you know you could trade the 2024 pick and and make it, um, you know, uh, um, lottery, lottery protected. protected. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but then you're trading 2025, and they like they have traded so much, Bruce. There's just not a lot much left in the cupboard, and I think the I mean I think that you know I hate to say this, but I think the play here is to you know, Campbell got a shadow last night. You saw him play pretty well. Keep him down there. If he recovers, great. But if not, you're, you're going to have to buy him out because they just can't afford to trade more assets to do another Zach Cassian or whomever trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the buyout is, is itself a bitter pill. Uh, you know, essentially average a million and a half for six years. That, that'll be dead calf if they do that. Uh, obviously, you do hope uh, that, that the guy gets it together, and he did look like totally different last night than he's looked since preseason. <laughs> um, but it uh, looked like he had his mojo back. His, you know, his position was really good. Like they were shooting through traffic and just hitting him because he was in the right spot, which is not what we've been seeing in Edmonton from him or anybody, really. Um, so, and the other play is he used the 1.15 million of his 5 million that you buried in the AHL and you use it to find another goalie and you either go out and you pay a bunch of assets to bring in your guy Dan Bladar or you simply go out and sign my guy Yaroslav Halak and say come on in you're going to be our new backup do you th- like because I've asked people and they like one of the reasons that he didn't stay in Carolina was and we talked to last hour uh, to the athletic writer Corey Lavalette from the Athletic and he said that one of the things that he had heard was that that you know Halak didn't want to go to the minors to on a conditioning stint and so mm-hmm. uh, you know sometimes I think that Oilers fans say well just sign the guy but mm-hmm. uh, you know that's 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 the play if they want him yeah. They find him and they say, "Come on, come on down." And if you want to run a three-headed monster for a short time, then you you know you send out one of the skaters. But obviously, you don't want to do that for long with a twenty-one or twenty-two man roster. Uh, to me, his his history is that he's proven himself as an NHL goalie, whereas uh, Calvin Pickard, for instance, really hasn't. Uh, Seventeen seasons he's played in the league, and he's had one year below nine hundred, and it was eight ninety-nine. And you look at the Oilers, and you see 873, 873, 871, and 899 even sounds pretty darn good, doesn't it? Yeah, right now. Right now it does. Um, One area I wanted to talk to you about, Bruce, and we're going long, but I really want your opinion on this because stuff happens in life, and Jay Woodcroft, you know, I think he's a hell of a coach, and I think that he got a little bit stubborn on some things, and that happens, uh, and he was fairly criticized for the things that went wrong in the playoffs. Uh, and he, I don't think anybody was, I think most were shocked that he got 
can so quickly. I understand why, but it seemed quick. Now Knobloch comes in, and he seems like a very fine coach, and, and I'm sure he's going to be a really good, wonderful NHL coach. But there's a lot of pressure here because the idea was replace the coach and have a little bit of a bounce there. So far, not the case. Uh, and and Knobloch has Paul Coffey, who is not exactly Charlie Huddy, for instance, who's got a lot of experience in this league handling the defense. Right. I, I think this is a tough spot for a coach who's replacing a guy who was wildly popular with pretty much everybody. Yeah, I mean, when Dave Tippett got let go, I think his welcome was pretty widely worn out. Uh, whereas that hadn't happened with Jay Woodcroft, who you know, led the team to uh, his best season in many years and his best playoff results also in many years. And for him to be gone after 12 games, no matter how subpar they were, uh, without considering all the factors that were at play, like we talked about earlier, McDavid hurt, Ekholm hurt, McLeod hurt, other guys way, you know, clearly off off their form. I mean, how much of that do you blame on the coach? Well, all of it, apparently. And this is oil country where you can put out the lineup every day and there'll be a big bunch of people out there saying, ah, nurse and Cece together again. When will they ever learn? <laughs> and then so they switch them up and the sky, what are they doing changing up? How are they ever going to get established any consistency when they're always playing with new guys? And it's a no win. And any coach that comes here quickly learns that if he doesn't know that already uh, or better, he ignores uh, social media and, and uh, uh, only listens to, you know, low down with low tide and, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, accurate. Um, sources like that. Uh, but in all honesty, the pressure is always on. And it just ramps up all the more when the team is struggling. And, and uh, uh, I personally find it pretty hard to navigate social media these days because it's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a very, very, very harsh environment. And uh, uh, some folks are giving up on the team. I would counsel don't do that. I mean, it's early in the season. There's seven points out of a playoff berth. Well, there were seven points out of a playoff berth when Jay Woodcroft came on in February of uh, 2022. Uh, <clears throat> the challenge is here, and the question is, you know, the big question to me is, when is McDavid going to McDavid up Yes, there? exactly. And, and uh, you know, he can take over and win games, and we just haven't been seeing that. Bruce, final was, If it happens fast, great. Yeah. Final question for you, Bruce. Uh, Darren Dreger on TSN 690 Montreal said uh, Borgo for Montembeau could happen. Uh, Xavier right. Borgo to uh, Montreal for Montembeau, who's a good goaltender. Uh, you saw, uh, you and I both saw Borgo good last night. Yep. Uh, what are your thoughts on this young man? Yeah, well, is he, uh, Montembeau is good. Is he Oliver Wallstead good? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the question some will ask. Uh, I, I like the player. I love the defensive play he made last night that saved what appeared to be a sure goal by, you know, diving back and, and uh, taking away, a, you know, a, a loose puck with an open side of the net. And I, I just saw a responsible two-way player. Uh, Montembeau, I mean, they get him, they're going to have to pay him. But I think, what is he, one, I think he's still relatively reasonable one yep. one point zero if, if so then that's certainly doable yeah and it's a stiff price to pay but the goaltending something's got to be fixed yeah 
Yeah, it does for sure. Bruce McCurdy, uh, before I let you go, um, I will do this privately, but your wife, I knew you had kicked your coverage, but I didn't know by how far until she, uh, you passed along that beautiful gift for her, uh, in honor of my wife. And I just want to thank you publicly so much. If you could pass that along to her, uh, as well, because that, that is such a beautiful thought. And I know that, uh, uh you've been such a great friend to me this last year. And that was such thank a beautiful you. gift on behalf of my family. I thank her and you. Yeah, well, she is a very accomplished quilter, as you now know, and uh, she is a very also generous, kind-hearted soul, as you also know. So thank you for that, and I will pass it along. All right, Mr. McCurdy, you have a good day. Thank you. you All right, Bruce McCurdy. I had a a friend of mine, I sent them a photo, and they said, did she sew each one? (laughs) Yes! Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. It truly is. So that rumor from Darren Dreger is one that I think will keep Oilers Nation going, you know, happily on their way until what game time, and then if Skinner gets a shutout, then people, well, we don't need that guy. Montembeau makes one million dollars. He was a waiver claim. I honestly thought they would sign him. You know, Jake Allen's got a year left. Caden Primo would be the third guy, I think, but you never know. You never know. That would be an interesting deal. All right. So do we have we covered everything today? Yeah, for the most part, I think we've hit all the bases. All right. Uh, Bruce was brought to you by United Sport and Cycle in the community, where you can save up to 35% United Sport and Cycle, your home of hockey for over 95 years. You know, there was a time that if you went in there, you could ask Ken Hitchcock to help you with your skates. Did you know that? I didn't. No. Is that true? You hurt me with this. Sorry. Well, no, I was just, it was just a, it was a reactionary follow-up question. This is probably why Mrs. Andrews was so upset at you all the time. Because you, she'd say something that was factual, you know. World War II started in 1939, and you'd say, is that true? And then she'd say, you owe it to your family, or whatever the case may be. Tomorrow, how are we going to handle tomorrow, Declan? We've got three NFL games. I know, it's a big one. Well, we're going to do our best to get some NFL guests. Ideally, you know, ideally we would like to get two for the later games, but you know, it's going to be tough. We're going to see what we can do, but well, that's usually, the plan. Uh, the history of this show is we try, and they just, they if they do say yes, then they don't answer their phone because an exciting series is starting, and they don't want to, right. you know, but, so maybe we'll... We'll have a backup plan, and, and yes. Bag Milk will be here. Yeah, so we have that going for us. All right. 121, we're really late for a break. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. We are driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Playing my music there, young man. That's the good stuff. That low tide was going to be a football star. <laughs> that, was, that was you? I was uh, dating my soon-to-be wife, when that I believe, when that song came out. Oh, wow. Yeah. What a song. And then what later a we bought a pink love. house. So it was no all, way. all oh, wow. John Cougar. You know, all about John Cougar. Was it Raining on the Scarecrow? Yeah, yeah. As well? I remember yeah. that one. Uh, Jackie Brown. I like a lot of his music. That's my favorite. Rain on the Scarecrow is my favorite. Oh, sorry? My favorite John Mellon. Blood on the Blah. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's coming out. That's coming out of the next break. I'm going to go ahead and call it. They have, um, they played here many times and, um, we've lost track because you do over time, but we had friends who ended up partying with them two or three times when they were in town. 
and they said they're a great band, just really, really good people. I was going to say, good time, good memories? Pretty much. Yeah, happy yeah. to hear it. I mean, when you party with a band, you know, I mean, the memories may not be the, you know, like when you're going to see, you know, Grandma, you might not remember everything. A little different, yeah. You remember everything from Grandma's visit. Oh, for sure. The cookies, the smell, everything. The rock and roll band party, maybe you don't remember at all. Tends to get a little forgetful in there. Well. Yeah. What are you going to do? This comes from James from the Hood. How about we trade our goalie coach for someone different, like Mike Smith? Got to be a better goalie coach out there. How has this guy survived so many coaches, yet goalies, they go on to play better, and they go on somewhere else, Talbot, etc. I've said this before, I'll just say it again. They played the living daylights out of Cam Talbot, and then the next year he didn't have the juice, and then he recovered as soon as he left. The Oilers, it's like, is our children learning? And the answer is often no. And the, going way back, the Oilers often are the smartest people in the room, and yet they're not. And those things happen. It's like the Devin Dubnik trade. They traded Devin Dubnik at a time when the the defensive alignment was changed and the Dallas Aikens, the coach, said, no, I, my defensemen aren't figuring it out. We're going to abandon it. But by that time, Dubnik's, the die was cast, and he ends up going to, I think it was, Minnesota or Nashville, then Nashville, then Arizona, and then he got recovered there, and then he went to Minnesota, and he played a long time. But maybe there was a Montreal one in there, too. I don't remember what Dubnik did. But the orders, they, they, they do tend to uh, bleed talent unnecessarily due to short-sightedness, and this goes back a long way. I really, I think the, the, the big, the first one is still to me the big one is the Miro Shatan trade where there was no room for him on a skill line. And they said, well, he can't play in the third line. So we'll just trade his ass. And then he scored like 350 goals for Buffalo instead. These are important decisions that franchises make. And right now the orders are all in and they're going to trade anything. I do find the Xavier Borgo for Montembeau trade. Samuel Montembeau trade. Interesting. He's 27. He's a UFA at the end of the year. Makes a mill. And is at 908, save percentage. It is an interesting trade idea. I thought they'd want to... I wrote about the goaltending and I had him as an option. But I thought Vladar would be a better option because my suspicion was that Montreal would want to sign Montembeau. Maybe they don't. Matthias Janmark is back. There are lineup changes tonight. We will go through that again because I think it is the lead story, um, at least for this show. Maybe Jason will go in another direction. But Connor McDavid will be on a line with Leon Dreisaitl and Warren Fogel. Nuge with Kane and Hyman. McLeod with Janmark and Ryan. That, to me, is the de facto fourth line. And then uh, Adam Ernie, Gagne, Hamlin, and Brown were rotating on the fourth line. We don't know if they'll run a full fourth line or run seven defensemen. But if they do, my guess is that Gagne is out. It would be Ernie Hamblin Brown. And Brown could easily slide up if necessary. Brown, I suspect, will play. The defensive pairings, and you heard Declan talking about it in the sports update uh, back at 1 o'clock, Nurse with Kulak, that's a change. That's the top pairing. Ekholm with Bouchard, and then Broberg with DeHarnay, or CC, and it looks like, based on the NHL.com article that came out, it's going to be Broberg CC with DeHarnay the seventh, or possibly in the press box. We don't know that now, but that is 
that's what it looks like on paper anyway. We'll see. I do think they have to get Broberg going. And by going, I mean play him. He's played pretty well. The Oilers' defense is separating now. And and that's not a bad thing necessarily. If you react quickly enough, you can give one individual a time to, to rest and and maybe figure out what's what's happening to him. Often it's a young player or an inexperienced player, and you can do that, and and then they reset and, and often will come back with more confidence. Not always, but often. So if you look at the orders right now in terms of game share, Cody Cece's at 52%. Philip Broberg is at 50%. Now, he's played nine games. Everybody else is 17, except Ekholm is 16. Nurse is at 46%. Ekholm is at 46%. Bouchard is at 41%, but getting better. Kulak is at 32%, and Vincent Deharnay is at 22%. He's two goals, four, and seven against. My thought is that you, you rest Deharnay. And I, that is, it is possible the reason CC will go down to the third pair and play with Broberg is to protect the young man, and I have no quarrel with that. None whatsoever. If Kulak can do the job on the nurse pairing. We shall see. I don't think it's fair to expect the coach to lose games. He's a new coach. He's trying to find answers. There's a lot of pressure on him. Um, I'm sure Coffee likes the speed of Kulak. And we'll see. I mean, it's been a, it's been a tough year for this defense. And I have no quarrel with drastic action. I also think, as I mentioned last hour, it's possible that this is a showcase of some sort. And that might be Broberg, but it might also be Kulak and, and uh, Warren Fogel. You're playing uh, men's league soccer tonight. Do they showcase people in hopes of trading them? Or Oh, sure. Am. No, we don't do that. You're kind of set with your team. Hmm. You can transfer teams and stuff, but I don't think there are any trades. Have you ever transferred like teams? Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I like not mid-season. No, okay. Not mid-season. Do you... Um, do you after the game? Do you guys get together for a wobbly or no? No, we you go just all we go straight home, straight to bed most nights. <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, we don't go out and crush a few. We we wallow on our losses or we we celebrate our wins in silence. Then we go home because you are you are absolutely devoted to the sport. Oh, hundred percent. This and is no reason to have any social interaction. With absolutely these not. It's all business. Yeah. I don't like most of them. But when we get on that pitch, we create magic, and that's all there is to it. Now, I need an honest answer here, not like the one you just gave me. Yep. Does anybody play a little dirty that you play? Yep. And do you kind of think to yourself, guy, I got to work tomorrow, and I'm out here trying to get some exercise, and you are a titmouse. Do you ever think that? Nope, because I'm one of the ones who plays dirty. Oh, ah, so here we I go. I have no issues with it. Here we go. Anything to get under the skin. I love to talk to. I love to be cheerful. Are you a chatter guy? Oh, big one. Yeah, yeah. I love do, to talk. And yeah. people, do they, do they see, do they go, because this is, you know, where you got them when they go, oh, no. Yeah. Are we playing this guy? Well, the classic is when, like, you get them so good they can't say anything. So they're just like, oh, oh, shut the, oh, man. <laughs> and that, that's how you know you got them. And it's mm. like, you're like, yeah, head back, head back. Head back to the bench buddy you're down 4-1 yeah wednesday night like you got work in the morning it's not the show <laughs> it's one of my favorite ones i always love to, i love to point to the stands and tell them the scouts aren't there dreams dead so that's a classic a lot of stuff i can't say but i like to get going friend of mine is a rec league referee for hockey yeah and 
you know, he, he he's he's like to listen to him talk. He's like, you know, guys are offside all the time and they don't believe you, and they they so they come and they yell at you, and they're and you're like, you know, Marvin. Tomorrow you've got to get up and get a suit and drive to your job. Yep. And you're yelling at me like this is the National Hockey League. Oh yeah. I know you're offside. Why don't you just relax? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then every once in a while he would say that that, that you know the the uh, a doctor who has surgery the next morning goes into a corner with a guy who is you know uh, apparently unaware. One hundred percent. And the guy's slashing. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. Like you got guys like who are you know still living at home, then you got other guys who are going home to a family, and you know they they gotta go work their six figure job the next morning. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, and that's why we love it. So you, you're saying that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. It brings everyone together. There's no class on the pitch, just soccer. Wow. It's, it's a beautiful well, thing. Yeah, it is a beautiful game. And this is indoor soccer? Indoor soccer, yeah. So what happens if the ball hits the wall? Uh, you use the wall to your advantage. Like, you just play it the same way you would play a puck off the boards in hockey. Right. So, like, are you the Gretzky of this indoor soccer? I wouldn't say... No, I'm definitely not the Gretzky. I would say I am probably the... Like who's a guy who would put up? You'll you'll know this a lot better than I would. Who's a guy in an eighty-two game season who would put up like eighty assists and fifteen goals in a season? Oh, Adam Oates. Yeah. Okay. I'm at, I'm the Adam Oates. Okay. So you're a creative guy. Yeah. I'm a facilitator. Like, right. I'm I'm Kevin. I always say I'm Kevin De Bruyne out there. You're, I'm you're, not a big goal scorer. You're the uh, you're the um, I was gonna say concierge, but that's not it. Mm-mm. You're whatever Tom was in the uh, in the Godfather. Oh yeah. What great. was he? Was I have no idea. Great yeah. reference though. He's the guy who put the horse's head in the... That was him? That was his name? Tom? Tom, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Tom. There was Sonny and there was Vito. Yeah. Sonny got it at the causeway. (laughs) Sonny did get it at the causeway. Yeah. I liked Sonny. Sonny was cool. Yeah. Well, he was a hothead, though. Oh, yeah, he was. You know, he was... That's why I liked him. You know, and and, uh, Michael was the the one, and then... uh, Well, we all know about the other guy. It's too bad. He got it in the boat. Um, Low Tide, new fan here. He used to catch you on 1260 occasionally. Enjoy your wisdom and wit, maturity and humor. You carry the show well. Keep it up. Well, Will, I don't really carry the show. Declan here is, the uh, is I think, the main attraction. I don't know about that. I don't do much except ride off your coattails and take a lot of that's credit. Not, that's, that's about all I do. That's a complete lie. You have been, you, you're inspiring. And, and, Thank you. Um, um, I do what I can, but like, sh- listen. Well, the show, you heard the show before. The show has a new... Uh, um, a new twist to it, a new plot twist. It's like, have you ever, did I ever tell you about the time I got hooked on soap operas? No. I, I spent a summer out of work and I got hooked on a show called Another World. And it was the year that Sven kidnapped Rachel and Mac Corey was Rachel's husband. And she was like in the attic, in the garage attic. She was being moved around and he was so stupid. And so like I would get, my, I remember my mom would come home from AGT and my mom, dad would come home from work and I would be cooking because I wasn't working. I'd be cooking supper and they'd say, how was your dad? And I'd go, oh, that's Sven. God. And Mac is an idiot. And they would laugh. You get so involved in it. Mm. That's what happens. So I'm just saying. Enthralling for sure. Conciliary. That's what it's called. Conciliary. Tom. What the hell was his name? Tom, last name. Lazy writing, if that was it. <laughs> Mario Puzo, just like, you know, geez, Mario, I mean, you did a great job, but you could have given him a lot. Hayden, H-A-D-E-N. I believe that's right. Okay. 
Oh, I feel better. 138, we'll take a break. Low down with low tide on Sports 1440. It's the low down on Sports 1440. We're driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Snowing in Calgary now. Do you know that, uh, who was it that tweeted out the other day? There's been no snow at the International Airport, and that's the first November on record. Now, there's still time, eight more days. But there you are. It is, this is an unusual. November last year was really, really poor weather. I was driving back and forth from Calgary a lot. Uh, and it, the the roads were terrible, and the weather was really bad, too. Now, we need moisture, so let's review, but it is nice, and uh hope you're out enjoying it. I'm going for a walk today. I'm looking forward to that. See a man telling a dog to, you know, hurry up. That'll be me. This was the day in history, 45 years ago, the WKRP episode uh, about the turkeys. As God is my witness, how you thought turkeys could fly. That one was on TV. That was so funny. Back then, we watched stuff as a family. I remember watching that with my parents. My brother would have moved out, but um, not because of the show. He just moved out because he was old enough. Good afternoon, Low Tide. Love the show. If you could only choose one, what would it be? This is from Chumpkins. Number one, dinner with Sam Pollock. Number two, be in the dugout for an Expo's World Series victory. Number three, be at the Oilers table any draft of your choice. Number four, unlimited free pepper and Balderson cheese until the end of time. Keep up the excellent work. This is a very difficult question. It really, truly is. Because um, being at an Oilers draft would be fantastic. I would love that. But they wouldn't let me write about it because I'm at the Oilers table and you'd have to have some kind of, I mean, I don't think they'd make me take a vow of celibacy, but they probably would say you can't publish anything you hear. So I would, I would not do that. Dinner with Sam Pollock would be very brief because I would choke him. And then I'd be arrested, and I don't want to go to jail. Unlimited free pepper and Balderson cheese until the end of time. That is a tough one. I will tell you that my friends Jason and Dean gave me a lot of pepper a year ago. Like, I mean, a lot. So I've almost got a lifetime supply. And Balderson cheese is wonderful, but it's not terribly expensive. So the answer is, number two, be in the dugout for an Expos World Series victory. And I hope when you said that, you meant World Series championship, not just a, a single game. Poor Fredo. Can't even get enough respect to have his name mentioned on Edmonton AM radio. John Casal, who, who, was, who was Fredo, and he played Fredo. He played everything brilliantly. Um, he's in... Like, all, all, every one of my favorite movies. He's in The Godfather, 
The Conversation, which is a really good movie with Gene Hackman. The Godfather 2. Dog Day Afternoon, which is a great, unbelievable, forgotten film. And then he was in The Deer Hunter, too. And then he passed away. He died in 1978. He's like in five of the greatest movies ever. And he was on Broadway. He was fantastic. And if you ever want to just have your mind blown, blown, go look at who was in the deer hunter. Go look at the cast of the deer hunter. It'll blow your mind. It really will. De Niro, Walken, Cazal, Savage, Meryl Streep was in that. Very nice. So, yeah, he deserves mention for sure. LT, do you think the oldest two new coaches are in over their heads? Uh, I feel like they've bit off more than they can chew. Dizzy Craig from Medicine Hat. Well, Dizzy Craig from Medicine Hat, it goes like this. I think that they're very fine coaches. I also think that Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson were very fine coaches, and they couldn't find answers, and there's a chance that the answers aren't on this roster. It is not a deep roster. You've got a great first line when everybody's healthy, a, a, a rocking second line, and if McLeod's healthy, you've got a third line you can use. The fourth line is is not good, and they're not developing young players like Lavoie and Holloway. Holloway's hurt, but Lavoie should be up here playing, and the fact that he's not tells you that they don't believe in him. They They have abandoned, and that happens with new management. Jeff Jackson's the new manager. He's not tied to Raphael Lavoie. He's not tied to Xavier Borgo. They're, they are assets now. Whereas before, when the guys who draft players are still around, there's a certain, well, we're not going to trade that guy. We still believe in him. But I watched the Borgo last night. He's a really fine player, but he's not playing a feature role. Broberg barely gets in the lineup. They've made the, the new management has made a, a decision on all of these guys. And they're convinced none of them can play. I don't agree, but that's not going to help Philip Roberg and Xavier Bargo and Raphael Lavoie. It's not about the coach. Low Tide, you got lucky again. We all loved young Matt. Your new kid is good, great personality from Alfred. Yeah, we, you know... And I will just, like, I would just say here that I'll give credit to somebody who I worked with for many years. Uh, Rob Vavrick was, was the guy who always would hire people, uh, along with Dave Jameson and Matthew Wanick. They sort of had a, um, they would, they would assess and you'd go there from Nate or whatever. But I mean, I worked with just brilliant people all down the line. And now I want to get all the names. Okay. So there was, Connor Halley, Fred Papernick, Brent Clack, Brett Clack, Allison Curry, Lieutenant Eric. These are not in the right order. Lieutenant Eric. Did you mention Tata ha- Uramchuk? Did you mention Halley? Yeah, Halley from okay. the start. Okay. He was my first one, I believe. And then you. So that's eight. If I missed anybody, I'm sorry. Jeff Walker for a time as well. Jeff Walker. I'm sorry. Nine. Jeff Walker. Walker is actually very funny on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I could, I knew, I, I said, Walker's getting really funny on Twitter. 
it, things never work out for him, how is this going to, and then people are abandoning Twitter now. So he's funny, but nobody's there. So that's, that's Walker. Um, anyway, those are the nine and, and, uh, they're, they're all brilliant. They're all really smart people. Um, I don't have a favorite. They're all my favorites. They're all very different, uh, people. I guess my favorite is the one that I'm, that I have now. Only because he pandering, he my goodness. You well, no, it's just that, that if you leave, I'm screwed. So you're my favorite, but Thank I like you. them all. Um, the one that I had the least control of was probably Allison, um, because she's very bright, knows everything about sports, very, very bright. But she was also like, like, um, in constant motion. And so I, I, my head would be spinning. Um, Clack was the guy I got along with best, I'll be honest with you. I really like Clack. He's a great guy. And he would always come in and ask me questions and be thought startering, you know, if that's a word. I enjoyed talking to him. Allison is awesome, great lady. Retired Bowler Ryan. Well, I don't want this to turn into the Allison show. We're, we're trying to make, um, what's his name over here look good? Uh, what's your name again? Yeah, Declan. Okay. Um, you see, and with me, the compliments always stop, right? Like there's a good times and then bang, right back into the negativity. So immature. LT, the issues with the orders were never coaching. Their problem is the fact that they keep making bonehead decisions and a very poor puck management. Most of the time they end up getting trapped in their own zone because of their own doing. Ryan McLeod is not an NHL player. Yes, he is. He uh, he is. Is McLeod good? What does he do good other than skate? He skates well. He scored at a really high rate a year ago. He's improved every year. This year he's been hurt. You know, you can't you just cannot do it. Like if you're in a relationship and your your person gets a cold or a fever or you know, cracks up the car, you don't you don't end the relationship. Right, Connor? Right. Right. So you can't do that with Ryan McLeod either. He'll be fine. He'll get better. Human wheels for Mellencamp is very good. Lyrics are uncharacteristically metaphorical for him. From BB. Poor Fredo. What about Line? Uh, Line's not coming here. Last year, the Oilers had everything possible go their way, and they still lost in the second round. Someone needs to explain to me why this team is going to win the Stanley Cup. They lost two periods in Game Five and Game Six. They lost the second period both times. That's it. They were they could have won the Stanley Cup. They were close, and everybody. That's why the fan, the players are so upset because they had it. When you have the the what's the name of that egg? Fabergé. Egg. When you have the Fabergé egg in your hand and you drop it. There's more than a little hurt and regret. It's like I got a great producer here. If I keep forgetting his name, he'll leave. Right, Declan? Eh, I'd probably hang around for a little bit. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna be. I know one day I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be John Cassell in Dog Day Afternoon, and then you'll just take over. You'll just take over.
There's a thing just sent to me. I'm going to retweet it out. It is going to be painful. I cannot watch it. One second from every episode of Seinfeld. I couldn't watch that. That would just drive me nuts because my brain would constantly be thinking of the episode and then it would snip to the next one. Boy, but you guys are all just mad at everybody. I honestly think that the, some of you are reaching a point where you need to like read a book, go for a walk, take your dog out for a walk. Have you ever been so upset with sports that you just walked away from it for a while? Oh, yeah, for no. sure. I think it's healthy to do that. It's necessary, if nothing it's else. It's an even better word than healthy. It's necessary yeah. for your own well-being. Sometimes you just got to go out and enjoy nature, breathe the fresh air, and forget about everything for a little while. You know, it's funny you mention that because people keep saying to me, well, it's cold now. You'll want to go walking in the mall. And I love the mall, but I love walking outside with the fresh air. I sleep like a baby when I walk outside. Like I got to walk a little ways, but yeah. And I always wait till nighttime, but it works. So did we accomplish everything today? We did everything. We're good to go. Just the last update, and we'll be flying. And then tomorrow, we're going to talk NFL, and we've got bagged milk. Yes, that's the plan. Now, you're going to be the first guy who finds an NFL guest who'll show up on our show on the Thursday Thanksgiving, because we've had a parade of them. Yeah, that's what you're telling me. You're telling me it's pretty tough to get them in here, but I don't no, they know. Don't, they, don't, they go, yeah, okay, I'll be there, and then they won't answer their phone. Yeah, well, that's what you're saying. I don't know. I'll try my best. We'll see. That's the people I call jack-o'-lanterns. Thanks so much for tuning into The Lowdown. Jason Greger is on the way next. It's time for a sports update.